start by just sharing a, um, a word that Sarah had for us as a church for the year. And she's put it on our, on our Facebook Hope Family message board, so you might have seen this already. Um, new vision. Many of you have been searching for the new vision, feeling restless and unfulfilled, knowing there's something new coming, and now it's the time. I'm about, so this is I being, uh, believe this is God speaking, I'm about to direct some of you into, into ways you never expected, doing things that may seem impossible. From my position of being outside time, I can tell you that they are possible. I've been partnering with you and know all that you are capable of. This new season is just the natural progression of someone who has grown in faith and confidence. Finances will come, doors will open, all you have to do is believe. Seek wise counsel for your confirmation and then commit to work hard, stay focused and keep your eyes fixed on me. Thanks for that, Sarah. Uh, so we wanted to uh, uh, start, the, start the year um, by looking a bit about uh, who we are as a church here. And I think as we said, um, I gave a talk back in September last year on, on call it, we call it Minster. And, um, and I think we've, we feel we have more clarity on what God's calling us to build here as a church than we've, than we've had before. And so, so 2019, looking back on that, it feels like a year that was really blessed. Um, lots of things just seem to really work in the, in, for us as a church. And, and, uh, I think at the end was that amazing gift day when we received so much money for the, for the roof. We were just blown away by that. And we've had um, Andrew and Rebecca come and join our staff team, and we've got this guy Charlie joining us. Um, have you have you seen that? So you've seen in our fortnightly news before um, before Christmas, we've got a new youth pastor appointed, and I think you, so. I think we're going to see some exciting investments in youth happening uh, this coming year. And uh, just we had some new boat launches and some great stories from across the boats, and, and it just feels like a, a, a lot of favour and a lot of life. There's, there's times looking back over the recent years which have felt hard. We've you know it's been hard, years of digging and there's been hard stuff. And last year felt like a year of, of favour, and um, and it feels like this this 20 we're, we're really excited about 2020 and what's and what's on the horizon. And um, with that sort of clarity of, of what we're building. I just, want, I just wanted to mention three things about, about the year ahead. And then I'm going to hand over to Alice, who's going to dig more into one of them. And, uh, and those three things are, in fact, the first one, did you see this, so this painting, again, we sent this in the fortnightly email a little while ago, and it's hanging up in the prayer center normally. Uh, Rebecca painted this. Um, and it's of Hope Chapel. A number of people have, quite a few of you in the room actually, have had prophetic words about hope. Um, and, and seeing uh, water flowing out of um, the building here and flowing into the city and into the area and bringing with it real life. And in Ezekiel 47, it describes this um, this river coming out of the temple and coming out of the, t- the Temple's River. And, and, and as the water flows, there's just loads of life. There's, you can see there's plants, there's birds, there's fish, there's all sorts of uh, stuff happening. And so the first thing is around... Um, Around prayer, and, 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 you know, right from the start, when Silas and Annie and others came and started things here, there was a sense of building a prayer center for the city. And, um, and I think when we reflect on last year, um, it's, it's often hard to kind of attribute cause and effect to prayer when you're just genuinely pressing into more of God and you're seeking more of God, rather than particularly, um, asking very precise questions, which you can obviously tick off on your, yes, that's been answered, that's been answered. You know, through our one church one day, where we were having one day a month of 24 hours of praying as a church. You know, a lot of that was more general, just seeking God, seeking his presence, seeking his favor, rather than sort of things that we can tick off. Yes, that's been answered, that's been answered. But we look back at the, and we would say, in our, in our thinking, we suspect that the favor we felt last year and the sort of momentum we feel like we have as a church is probably because of that increased level of prayer. 
And so we're, we're, we're excited about pressing more into prayer this year as a church, and that's part of our calling and part of our design. And the expectation that as we do, um, we'll, we'll just see this flourishing happen, you know, and it will be, it's different, it's different things for different people in, in your communities, your workplaces, uh, wherever it is you live and wherever you minister and wherever you are, our boats going out, and that the fruit will be different, but it's, um, but it's, but it's fruit. That's the first one, is prayer. The second one is, um, is, uh, living free. So every, every January, February sort of time, we have an annual living free course. And, um, we've actually postponed that one. Again, if you get our fortnightly emails, which hopefully most of you do, see our news, we've postponed that to April, um, this year. And the reason is we want to kind of bring it a bit tighter, a bit more in-house. We might tweak some of it. And the aim is that as part of this sense of recognition of who we are as a church and what we're going we, we recognize that alongside being people that gather around God's presence in prayer we also need people who are working on our stuff and, and again you know a lot of us have been doing this for years and it's but it's but it's again it's, it's sharpening that and 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 and, and it's isn't it, isn't it a wonderful thing when when God convicts you of your sin isn't that glorious isn't that amazing because because it's like freedom is just around the corner I mean I'm about to enter into a new level of freedom I'm about I get an opportunity to walk with God more 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 freely here and it's it's just um so we're going to have a sort of deep dive time in probably around April May where we want to encourage everyone to bring the boats back up on the beach and we'll have a bit of time gathering as a as a whole church coming back from our the different scattered things that we're involved in and walk together um for sort of probably for about six weeks wednesday evenings and it's and it's digging into our own stuff and if you've not done that before it might sound a bit strange but but if you have you'll think yeah i i, I feel excited about that prospect it's it's um it's a, a, a rich time and then the third the third little thing i wanted to mention before i half hand over to alice is um i want to get better this year and I'm trying to think about a good way of doing this. I've been pondering on the, from the from the sofa in front of the fire how we could best do this. Um, if you've got any, if you, any any clever ideas, let me know. But it was um, but it was um, how do, I, want, I want to keep a record of the fruits this year, you know. And I think that and I, I want to keep some some records of what are the because because we're so diverse as a church. We're all over the city and villages and towns around Bristol. All different things. Some of us, our workplaces are very much our places of mission and ministry. Others, it's part it's part of boats and things here. And and um, I think it really honours God. And it's in, it's sort of He wrote it into the Jewish festivals and calendar to to pause and remember what He'd done. So easy to have prayers answered, and you don't even remember that you prayed them, and you just sort of move on. And um, uh, so I want to just try and find a good way of recording the fruit. What are the prayers we've been praying as communities, as individuals? Is there such, is there such an app as like a community journal? I don't know. I had a little look. I couldn't really find anything. It's probably quite expensive to build an app. But, um, but, uh, but or, I don't know. Is there some sort of way that we can keep track of these things together? Um, as a, as a, so I, I certainly want to get better at documenting stuff. So I want to meet up with people who are leading boats and a few times you know, through the year and just hear how's it going, what's the fruit, what are the prayers you're praying, how can we join in? And um, uh, yeah, so those are the, those are three things. Um, just wanted to mention to begin with for the year. Um, we sense that it's a time for pressing more into prayer, and our expectation is as we do that, we'll see more fruit and more flourishing. And all of this we give to you as this is a sense of what we think God's saying to us as a church. But it's for you to take to the Lord and say, how do I, you know, is that for me as well? If it is, how do I join in with that? So. Um, and then a sort of deep dive as boats up on the beach as a community working on our stuff in the sort of um, April, May time. 
and then and then we want to just celebrate and keep track of the fruit, which will be different for different people. That we'd be having Christians, would be prayers being answered, be families being restored. It would be you know the, the, the fruits and the, and the and the life, people being healed. These are some of the fruits that we're that we're looking for. And alongside that, we know that life is a challenge, don't we? We know that Jesus said, you know, suffering, persecution is part of the Christian walk. Uh, we're not saying everything's going to be perfectly sort of walking on sunshine, but in the but in the midst of our lives, um, as we pursue God, we expect to see this fruit. Yeah, and one of our highest values is um, freedom to, to that we all give our own account. Can I just have the? Um, so I love that that I love and respect here a yes and a no when we ask each other to do things or say shall we do things. If someone says a yes, we respect the yes, and if someone says a no, we respect the no completely because we respect one another's autonomy. One of the um, there was in the Reformation where there were reformers protesting against what was going on in the in the the church at the time, the institutionalized dominant church at the time. One of the values people brought in was autonomy, personal, individual accountability. We can start to read the scriptures and think for ourselves. And we'd say probably we've tipped in the West to a culture of radical individualism. And what we're craving now is community. And I believe God's brought us and called us to build community. But as soon as you start doing that, the religious spirit can just jump on the back and say, therefore, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And we all look at each other and a controlling spirit comes in. And so our highest value forever is where the spirit of the Lord is, there is a freedom. And um, Jesus says anything else above the yes and the no come from the evil one. There's just an energized embellishment of... Yes, I'll definitely do that. No, I won't. Can you feel that energy? And I'm learning a lot to take away the embellishments and just be simple yes and no and respect the autonomy of one another. So at the end of Romans, Paul says a very, very interesting encouragement, which I love, and we're going to look at that quickly now. So if we can find Romans 15, a context is slightly different to ours, although we might recognize it in Muslim communities where um, they eat halal, which is a, it, where a, a, a priest has prayed a particular prayer and that makes the meat clean. And then if a Muslim becomes a follower of a Jesus, they then, can I have that motion as well? They then have that kind of, um, conscience conversation with themselves. Can they eat halal meat? Or do they actually now have to not eat halal meat? And that's the context in Greco-Roman culture, uh, uh, a way of life of the Gentiles before they met Jesus 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire would have been immersed in particular practices which then became clear were idolatrous. And so there was this conscience where did Gentiles then not eat meat, the meat that they bought in the marketplace would have been sacrificed to the idols which represented their old way of life. Or can they eat meat because they were now clean by faith in Jesus. And there was this conscience, this sort of uh, wrestling of conscience. So we're just going to read Romans uh, 14 in the green NLT it's 867 accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong for instance one person believes it's all right to eat anything but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables because of the meat sacrificed to idols in the meat market and what I want us to do now is apply this it's try and jump and apply this to being called to pray, okay? Because as soon as we build community and build spiritual practices 
and build things which we know facilitate connectedness with God, the religious spirit comes on and says, this is what it should look like for you because this is what it looks like for me. Does that make sense? Um, so we try and apply the freedom that Paul had. Paul was one of the most religious people who ever lived until he encountered God. And then he suddenly saw that that was all a complete myth because the reality is intimacy with God. And so we want to keep, Jesus' big warning was beware the yeast of the Pharisee, the seed, that, that really small contaminating spirit. That was his big um, concern with all his teachings, really, was about uh, uh, the, that seed or that yeast of the lie that it's about our practices that make us righteous. Um, so the, going back to verse three, those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? And this is it. This is where we do value autonomy and we do value our own personal walk with God as we build community together. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? They are responsible to the Lord, so let him judge whether they are right or wrong. And with the Lord's help, they will do what is right and will receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy or sacred than another, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honour him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honour the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honour God. And if we die, it's to honour God. So whether we live or die, we we belong to the Lord. Why Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. Why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you'll not cause another believer to stumble and fall. So we value our own space within the context of the community. Does that make sense? And that is such a narrow, impossible road. We can only do it by following the voice of God. It's the voice of God that will keep us fully respecting one another's autonomy whilst also building community. Anything anything of the, of the human wisdom or the flesh that comes in will start to go towards that radical individualism which is fracturing the West or it will go back towards that kind of controlling spirit of trying to build community around a few people's thinking. So we really respect and honour one another's space. Um, can we have the One Church One Day so the reason we do One Church One Day, once a month on a Tuesday, is because Silas and Annie very faithfully built a Tuesday prayer morning here, which many people from the city come to, and it is not any more special than any other day, the first Tuesday in a month. It is purely pragmatic and practical to build on the rhythm of that. Once a month, we now build that. The reason we build that is because... Um, Silas and Annie felt one of their calls is to raise prayer cover over the city and the region. And to do that requires, if, if all the churches could come together, the church in the region, and take one day of 24 prayer a month, then the church, the, the city and the region would be covered in prayer and would bring 
kind of tremendous breakthrough and clarity and healing and restoration to the region. So we have stepped up and we are doing a Tuesday, six in the morning till six in the morning the next day. And what I want us to do now in that context of respecting one another's autonomy, respecting that we hear yes or we hear no, is to have a time where we ask God where, if there is any way he wants us to go deeper in our prayer life. And it's two ways. Firstly, on our own personal prayer life this year. Um, it could be having a prayer life where we have a conscious time on our own of connectedness with God. That might be something that's not in our daily rhythms at the moment. And we might think, actually, I'm going to ask God, what does it look like? And he might say, have some time with me on your own once a day. It might be to develop multiple times of connection in the day. I think that's a really special thing, a bit like we eat meals three times a day, to have a few times of, of just being connected and present. Could be anything but to ask him what, for me personally, and again, this is my personal account before God, there aren't any excuses, there are nothing, there's no reason to do it or not do it. It's simply hearing the voice of God for ourselves, what does it look like to deepen intimacy with you, with God this year? And then secondly, what does it look like to connect with a corporate community prayer, which happens to be the first Tuesday every month for 24 hours? That isn't special. What's special is connecting with community prayer. So as we hear him, we then, I think the bottom line is, Chris and I, Andrew and Rebecca, we really trust everyone. We just trust people to hear for themselves. That's, we're childlike about it. You know, we trust people to hear for themselves and do it. So what we're here really for is to facilitate the hearing, to facilitate the moment where we sit and listen to him. And then in the end, and then everyone's responsible for what they sense in their own conscience and before God they hear. So we'll ask those two questions. What's he saying for me personally to develop my prayer, my intimacy with God this year? And again, even the word prayer can become religious. We mean deep connectedness with God. What can, what can that look like? And what can it look like to connect corporately? What I'm going to do is quickly go through these. So we can start listening now. God speaks all the time, but we will have a few minutes of, of silence to actually listen in, in about five minutes. Um, what I'd love to do is highlight any changes and updates on what on the 24 hours. So we're really excited. So the, the first thing is my own journey is I was aware, particularly 2 till 6 a.m. is an intense time because of the disruption that that causes. And one of the things we want to respect as well is things like when you fast, that has a cost. When you sacrifice sleep, it has a cost. And that the cost, Jesus is very clear, count the cost, think about the cost. So for example, if you're up 3am praying, that will have, because we have finite bodies and neurological pathways and we need certain amounts of sleep, that has an impact on our next day, maybe if we're in community, on our relationships. And it's kind of really thinking very practically about the cost and counting it and then saying, yeah, we can do that. Or actually, no, that isn't appropriate. And one of the, the particularly, the 2 till 6am is really hard because of work the next day, which sounds obvious, but you can probably push up till 12.112 and kind of get by. But the two till six, you're really saying, 
either I don't, I have a rhythm of life where I take the day off or I don't work or I usually work nights so I can make it work. But that's, that's going to be tougher. And that was something I felt and we laid it down actually. I said, I don't, we, the, the, us, the, those of us who are hosting slots, we kind of said, we lay down particularly two till six, but maybe just because we want God to be in this and not, not us to be pushing something that he isn't pushing. Anyway, I laid it down and then amazingly, the word of grace came to me, which is really exciting to, and this is what I want us all to hear is that word of grace, because it is exciting when you hear him, there's an excitement and energy to oversee two till six. So I can do the the heavy lifting on that slot, which means we'll still have hosts, two till three, three till four, five, four till five, five till six. But if, for example, someone's away or they're just too tired or whatever, then I'm there to cover it, but I'm, I'm a support on that. As a result, I released my day slot because that just didn't feel appropriate. Six till seven and one till two in the afternoon. And so we're really excited that Guy and Tanya now will be hosting a six till seven slot, which will be, um, breakthrough prayer. Really, that feels that's what's on their heart, your heart, breakthrough prayer to kick off the 24 hours, which is great. Esther does worship-led prayer, and then we have Peter and Helen, who are, who are scripture-led. Vicky prays for hope. Tuesday prayer day is down here, and that has a lot of people from around the city, which is great. Um, provisionally, Jane, this month, Jane, <laughs> we don't know after this month, but Jane will be hosting community prayer. Um, Chris and Annie, Chris will be doing praying for Hope Boats, Hope Ministry, so if you lead a boat or are in part of it or have a heart for it, Please either connect with him or, or put in prayer requests. Um, Annie, prophetic prayer. Then we host pancakes down here. The first ever, first one church one day we did happened to be pancake day. So we thought we'd do pancakes. Then we were like, why stop doing pancakes? <laughs> it's brilliant. So we do pancakes. Sometimes children come from um, Hotwell's primary school as well, which is lovely. So it's after school. It's kind of children can play and have pancakes. Everyone's welcome, but it's very child-friendly. And I'm sure there's communion with God somewhere in the eating of pancakes. And um, five till six, then Nat and Fee host a wonderful creative prayer, acting, either acting, silent mime, acting out parables and the Lord's Prayer, or doing more uh, creative, building a tree of life. So that's brilliant. Again, it's really beautiful for children. One of the highlights of the year was um, someone came over from Hotwell School with a friend because they heard about it. And... Um, and we said, someone said, right, and now we'll pray. And this girl said, what's prayer? And then one of her friends said, this is what prayer is. And she said, okay, let's pray. And it's just, it's just beautiful, isn't it? Reconnecting with that emerging generation that we can be connected with the God of love very easily. So then we have, usually we're going to have renewed fitness between six to seven, an hour of power, but not for, not for a couple of months. They're going to be in Trinity. If you want to connect with them, it's 6.30 till 7.30 actually every week with Malcolm and Nat. Chris goes, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and usually, and in the rest of the year, they will be here between six and seven. Then seven till eight, very excited. Aaron and Mike will be hosting prayer for revival in the prayer center, which is brilliant. Eight till nine, shared corporate 
worship. So that's a great hour for everyone to come to in the evening. We've got the, we've got a corporate open one. Obviously everyone can come to any hour they want, but the big ones are 10 in the, if you're free in the morning, the daytime is, is 10 to 1. There's corporate worship then and 8 till 9 down here. And then really exciting. We've got 9 till 10. We're going to have a partnership between George and Chrissy who will be doing prayer walking in the community and Dan and Kate who will be hosting prayer here so that if people come in spontaneously, they can join in with either if they come halfway through the hour, they can join in with Dan and Kate there. So, um, that's, that's really exciting. Then we've got our evening, our nights, Duncan and Matt, Derek, Claire and Silas, and then Angie. We are praying for the right person for 3 till 4 a.m. I can cover that. Until then, Liz and Sam. So that's really exciting. So what we're going to do now is um, have a bit of quiet and we ask God, what does it look like? Two questions for us to be growing intimacy with God personally this year is a a personal tweaking or clarity he has on on deeper connectedness with him and corporately in community, particularly in this, but it could be, obviously we meet every Sunday here as well. There are other ways we meet very regularly. We have a Hope on Wednesday lunch here every Wednesday. There are lots of ways to meet in community. The community events happen many days during the week in this building. It's a great building for that. So it could be that, but particularly in terms of corporate prayer, what does it look like to increase that connectedness? Lord, I thank you that when you speak a word, it brings life to us. When we hear your voice, there's always grace in the voice of God to do what you ask us to do. But even within that, you respect our yes and our no, and we say we respect one another's yes and no in this place. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we ask you to speak to each one of us personally now about what it looks like to deepen our own connectedness with you this year and to deepen our corporate community prayer, particularly in one church one day this year. We bind our flesh. We bind um, lies that the enemy would bring, um, any kind of human thinking or fears that would prevent us from the freedom you have from us and we lose clarity and revelation and simplicity of your voice to us amen a great thing to do is to share with someone what you feel god said so it may that may be appropriate now with the people you're with on your table it may be appropriate at another time but what i'd love to do is whilst we're doing that maybe feeding back to each other to have any hosts here of any slots we can come up to the front and we will bless and commission a year what we do is we're experimenting so we just say it's for the year and then we ask the lord at the end of the year what does it look like to continue so we could we keep close to his voice that's why i laid down the nipes because i didn't want to presume anything and then he gave them back to us which is great sense of his favor on this um, so if anyone here is hosting any of the slots, if your name's up there, please come to the front and we can pray for this, um, yeah, love every member ministry. We're all priests, mediators of the new covenant. Who's down there?
Um, Paul and Grace, do you want to come and pray for us, commission us this year? That would be brilliant. Paul and Grace are friends and fellow ministers who aren't hosting a slot, so I thought they'd be great to spontaneously ask, pray and release us. Father, you see things before we see them. You know you go before us. You've built your church. You live in our free place of heaven that's come to earth. And we're partnering with you to live it in this earth, this time, this life, today. And Father, we ask that each member who stands here and represents, we commission you as a church. We stand with you and we bless you and we thank you for your sacrifice. And we bless you and we honor you and we pray that the spirit would move you and that you would lead us into places of prayer we've never seen before, into places this city needs. And that you would lead us in worship, you would lead us in sacrifice, you would lead us in vulnerability, in hope, in joy. And in being able to walk through suffering and finding Christ in the midst of it and saying the enemy has no authority to counsel or give us any influence anymore. So Father, I thank you for this year ahead as you come to counsel us and you live out what is this heaven on earth, this beauty, this glory of who you are. I pray for every life represented here, all your families, your friends, everything you've sacrificed and will do this year ahead. And we pray grace upon you and we want to support you as a church to lead us in prayer. And for anyone who isn't here today, we pray and we we cover them in the church and we bless them in their life, Lord. And we thank you for what you're going to do this year. We already thank you for where we're going to be in 2021. In that January 2021, we thank you for all, all the lives that are changed, all the people that are healed, all the city that's healed, all the resources that come in, all the sacrifice that was worth giving, and all the families that are built, God. We thank you for all those people that aren't even members of this church yet, who don't even know you. We thank you for them. We thank you for their life. And we thank you for who you are. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says where two or three agree on earth in the name of your son Jesus on anything as touching heaven, then it will be done. And so we we speak out a word of recommissioning for all of these leaders and for the whole church into this year, 2020, of prayer and of agreeing together in your name and touching heaven as we do so. And we thank you, Father, that you're going to be breathing strategies, revelations, insights, that, uh, the, that the things that are going to be prayed and released on earth will be the things that are uh, existing in your heart and, and in your mind to release on the earth from your throne. So we agree together. And Father, I thank you that you are commissioning us as a city. And so we declare our uh, our oneness, the oneness of the Spirit through the bond of peace in the body of Christ across this city, that when we're, uh, when we're on our own as individuals, when we're speaking, when we're praying for people, when we're serving, whatever we're doing, we're not doing it as individuals, we're doing it as the whole body. So I thank you, Father, that through this, the, the One Church, One Day ministry, uh, that you're going to be releasing uh, grace, anointing, power, presence, insight uh, through all of us. So, Father, thank you for that, and thank you for your protection and for your abundant fruitfulness in this initiative. Amen. Thank you. Um, yeah, so do sit down. Thanks, guys. So um, one of the visions behind it is that every slot is ha- has, and, and Paul identified that in his prayer, that it, it's what's slightly building on from the uh, 24-7 movement is that every slot is hosted in partnership, two or three people, because that where there's agreement between two or three people, there's power. So we're praying in 
um, to have at least two people hosting every slot. That means people have got each other's back as well if people are ill or away or on holiday or whatever. Um, so I'm going to finish now with a prayer. Thank you that you are you are provider. And we get to ask you for provision and we also get to be your creative solution and be provision to other people. And so we ask that you provide at least two or three hosts for every slot so that the two or three can be gathered in agreement for the full 24 hours. And I bless each one of us this year to have an incredible um, journey of intimacy and connectedness with you. And I bless us as a community of faith to have incredible journey of connectedness and love for one another. Amen.